to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Three Wishes for Cinderella, made in 1973, which is the Czech winter Cinderella. We, were, we struggled with the personal descriptor for this one, because this is also the, the animals do not know what you're saying, honey, and the forever in disguise Cinderella so if you if after listening to this or if you want to go out and watch it it's on YouTube if you can come up with a better moniker for it please let us know the snowball Cinderella maybe I don't know she throws a lot of snowballs at him she throws two (laughs) I think she throws a third one right at the end (laughs) which is pretty great anyways so so this movie is a Czechoslovak East German film and I personally first saw it dubbed into Russian and at that point it was called Three Nuts for Cinderella but there's also a UK version called Three Gifts for Cinderella so basically if you google three and Cinderella it (laughs) should eventually come up it comes up right away guys I found it in less than 10 seconds of searching on YouTube so we watched the original Czech version with English subtitles in which she's called Popelka, but we're gonna call her Cinderella. We sure are. <laughs> because Just... that's what that means. That's a direct translation. Sure. I uh, don't speak any languages other than English, so sure. I um, double checked that, that it wasn't like a name, but only one character in this got a name, which was weirdly the stepsister. That was, that's, I mean, it's actually not that uncommon. Stepsisters are the most likely to have names, characters. Weird. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know why. Okay, Uh, so let's get started. (laughs) So little detail just for our listeners. This was actually the Cinderella that kicked off the concept of the Cinderella podcast. Yes. Because it was mm, about a year ago, I guess. And Talon goes... I'm sad and grumpy and I'm watching a 70s Czech Cinderella. Do you want to watch a 70s Czech Cinderella with me? And I go, I'm also sad and grumpy. Absolutely, I want to watch a Czech Cinderella. And uh, after about six Cinderella's, we needed that we we knew that we needed to start a podcast. So this was this was like an anniversary Cinderella for me. I, I felt yes. very nostalgic about this. Oh, that's what we should have called it, the anniversary Cinderella. Wanted to say this is the anniversary Cinderella and cut out that whole other bit. No, no, let's just move forward. It's just going to be in our notes as the anniversary Cinderella. (laughs) So we start with the credits and it's a winter scene. People are working in a village. There's children running around and playing and you get this like energy of people getting ready for something. Mm -hmm. There's a baker carrying a bunch of food and we see what we later know to be Cinderella carrying two buckets. And the stepmother is walking down the stairs and just bossing people around. Uh, these are the greatest intro credits just in the history of ever because there's this sort of fluty light music going on in the background and every time something interesting happens like someone falls over or somebody sees something interesting we get a freeze frame of them Mm -hmm. and it just it's very corny but Mm -hmm. it really sets the stage it really gives you a sense of what's going on it's very immediately immersive I don't know if they're putting those actors names because there are names in Czech on the screen at that time 
And it's possible that those are the actors' names of the people that they're freeze framing on. That would make the most sense, but I cannot. I don't think that's what's happening. I don't know. But uh, anyways, it's, it's delightful. It's the best opening sequence. There's the guy that tries to steal food off the baker's tray and the stepmother yells at him to put it back. And he's so nervous about being caught that he like bumps into Cinderella on his way back into the house and she spills ashes everywhere, which is apparently what she had been carrying in those buckets. And the stepmother goes, of course. So we got, we have to talk about how the stepmother and stepsister are dressed. All of the costumes in this are bonkers, Uh, just delightfully insane. Uh, they really enjoyed color they really did but also really fascinating shapes so uh this cinderella is also not really set in a specific time the stepmother and stepsisters will all be wearing sort of there's only one stepsister so the stepmother and stepsister will all be wearing outfits that look vaguely 1600s ish with like big sleeves and sort of medium high waists with sort of very square lines the prince and his terrible friends will all be dressed from the 1300s. Yes, I remember because we researched that look when yep. we did like a Romeo and Juliet <laughs> assignment. We did back in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. So yeah, but the stepmother is wearing a large white felted hat. It's sort of like a top hat with no rim. Like, um, listeners, I, just, I want you to imagine a very chubby felt bowling pin which someone has taped gold ribbon across that's what she's wearing as a hat that's pretty close i can't argue with that yeah and And it's not even the weirdest hat she wears in this film oh it is the most staid hat that she wears it's the most staid hat that i think anybody wears in this film (laughs) but it's a giant felt white bowling ball pin shaped top hat and she's wearing these big fur lapels over her dress. And the stepsister is wearing, you know, a hat with a little veil or something. So what's happening is they're all getting ready because the king is going to be here any minute. Yes. And the impression that I get is that the king isn't visiting them so much as he just drives through their village on his way back to the castle. And it's implied that this happens every year. That makes so much sense. <laughs> because... I- okay I was trying to figure out how far away this village was from the palace and it seems like not that far it seems like not that far because the prince gets there Cinderella gets to the palace pretty easily yeah under her own horsepower which I like yeah it seems like this village is fairly close so our opening credits as beautiful as they are finally end and we meet our Cinderella she is very cute. She's very youthful looking. Like she's, she looks much younger than the Cinderella's we normally get. How old do you think the Cinderella is? I believe that the actress is 18 mm-hmm. at the time of the filming, but she looks like maybe 16 at the most. Yes, 16. I was like, she feels like a definite 16. Um, she's, she's very baby faced. She is. Uh, she has cute little features and her face is sort of heart-shaped and she has little wispy bangs and mm, sort of light brown hair that's long and it's all messy and genuinely like it's messed up. It's got, it's sort of half pulled back and 
bits are coming out and she's streaked with ash and dirt um yeah she has actual dirt on her face it's great it's, it's amazing great. and so we see her and we, she looks out through a window and my notes go oh no another dovecot what will happen this time <laughs> when we watched this the first time i was just i didn't note the dovecot i didn't think that doves were going to be a theme and i certainly didn't think that doves were sinister so i mean you have some lingering trauma from doves so i, I understand I do. The, the first time I watched this, I remember the doves being sweet and helpful and charming. They were less charming for me this time. Oh, I'm sorry. I still yeah. like the doves. It's okay. So she's wearing a long brown sleeve dress with a very high collar gray apron. They do a really great job of making her look not great. It's like still yes. pretty, but definitely I'm nodding aggressively. Aggressive nodding. All right. So the stepmother is rushing everyone. Come on, let's go. Uh, the stepmother says to her daughter, Dora, watch your shoes, don't catch a cold, and like pets her face and is basically being very attentive. So right away, you know that she dotes and loves her daughter mm -hmm. and not Cinderella, obviously. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a silly bit where the stepsister is allowed to have like a chicken leg from a passing by chef and she accidentally drops it and a dog runs away with it. So later we see that same dog and Cinderella calls him a silly billy and goes, that was delicious, huh? And she's like very playful with this dog. And then she very sneakily goes backwards through a door and into the barn. Yeah. This is the most animal loving Cinderella that we have ever seen. There is not an animal that she doesn't adore, like that she doesn't have a relationship with, that she can't have a conversation with. Oh yeah, this Cinderella is convinced that these animals understand her because she talks to them in full sentences. Like, what do you think I should do next? Oh, you're just saying, like she has conversations with these animals. These I'm animals sorry. Do you not have conversations with your dogs? Yes, but they usually are just please stop biting each other. Calm down. I'm aware that the neighbors exist. You have to stop being a jerk. Those are the conversations that I have with my dogs. Oh, I think maybe you're the weird one on this because I have full conversations with my dog. I thought okay, but, the way she talks to animals was very normal. Okay, but your dog has that adorable like one ear up, one ear down, head tilty look. I've just got a dumb dumb and a jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> you pick them I don't know what to tell you <laughs> that's fair that's fair uh. <laughs> so she goes into the barn and there's a beautiful white horse in there we find out his name is Jurassic yep which Jurassic? I picked up yeah she pronounces it Jurassic but in my notes I'm just like she's got a horse named Jurassic this is Jurassic <laughs> Park I love it <laughs> dinosaurs <laughs> I want a dinosaur Cinderella now <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible so she brought Jurassic some snacks and she's petting him and kind of just chatting with him and saying, you know, it's been three years since daddy gave you to me and she really wants to ride him again, but she's not allowed to. And then she tells the horse that the king is coming and everyone's so excited. And then she says, I'll come again when I finish my work and pets him on the nose in that very sweet way you can do with horses. And then leaves. And then leaves, but the camera zooms in on the horse very closely, like the horse's face, as though the horse was having a conversation with her as well. 
it's yes. just the way this is filmed is delightful so she leaves the barn and we see that somebody is really high up in a tree keeping a lookout for the king yes <laughs> and that never fails to make me laugh because it's just in a tree there is a tower that's higher but he's in the tree why who knows <laughs> i mean you know it's the stepmother she just decided i mean yes so the stepmother hears something break uh from inside and goes oh it's probably cinderella and goes inside to the kitchen it's not cinderella somebody else has dropped a bowl it's this boy that works in the kitchen and he wears a big floppy chef's hat but i don't think he's the chef i think he's much lower on the scale of servants so i'm gonna call him kitchen boy i've got him in my notes as kitchen boy too <laughs> so cinderella comes to help him pick up the shards of the bowl and stepmother is very mad about it and says you she know, grabs a switch off the wall she does and she goes you know who broke this and the servants are like hey it was already a chipped like the bowl was already cracked and the stepmother says answer my question and looks very threateningly at the kitchen boy and cinderella immediately jumps in and goes it was me mama i did it which is really weird and i'm hoping that the subtitles are just messed up but they use the word stepmother a lot and stepparents a lot but they use the word mom specifically here. So mm -hmm. that's, it was a weird choice. I, I wish I knew what the actual, um, I wish I yeah, could Yeah, that would be great to compare it. Yeah. So she doesn't get whipped in this scene, which is great. I'm happy yes. about that. Yes. And we get an exposition dump here from the stepmother. She's very angry that she has been left taking care of Cinderella and that Cinderella is forbidden from the forest and the days when her father used to take you to ride and shoot like a boy are done. I am the mistress. You're a maid here. Stay away from your horse. Uh, stay away from the king. Stay away from everything. And then she dumps beans of some kind. Peas? I literally rode pours beans of some kind into Yasha's <laughs> bucket. Yep. And tells Cinderella to separate them. The kitchen boy offers to help her out. And there's another maid servant in the kitchen who goes, you know, stepmothers will be stepmothers or something with the sort of, hey, all step parents are awful kind of vibe. And we get a close zoom in Cinderella. And she says, but Dora wasn't daddy's and he loved her. Oh, and I'm like, that oh. line broke my heart. It's so sad. Dora's, because you can, oh, you can really terrible. tell how different things must have been when her father was alive. Yeah. And especially since we actually have a time frame, normally there's just a very generic, how long has he been dead? A while. Mm -hmm. but it's nice we have an actual time period here because it helps it has to be under three years because three years ago he gave her that horse yeah i know so like it makes a lot of sense i i really like having the concrete timeline yes i found that very helpful too mm -hmm. so cinderella goes into this wood paneled room and she pours the whole mess of it on the floor and sits down next to it and before she can start separating the, I think there might be ch chickpeas or something. I think they're peas. They, they look like, I guess they're chickpeas. Who, who anyway, so before she can start separating them from the ashes, there's some doves that are tapping on the window. And it's a lot of doves. It's not like several doves. Oh, it's a flock. It's like, it's like a dozen or more doves. It, it's a whole flock. It's a healthy, thriving flock of doves. Uh, so she lets them in and she says, friends, the peas on the plate and the ashes in the bucket. You're so kind. 
and they do make a specific point of showing that the birds are putting the beans in the bowl but they don't do it for a while and it just looks like yeah you're just looking at it you're just feeding the birds my girl no wonder they like you you keep feeding them well to be clear they didn't train these birds to separate peas from ashes oh no uh they just showed us a plate and it had some of the peas on it and that's how we know that they've done it so so a bird does actually drop a pea but i think what happens is they just filmed it and then filmed it backwards so they just filmed a bird eating a pea and then played it backwards for a split second (gasps) that makes so much sense yeah because it looks weird but it happens really fast and there's so much other weird stuff going on that your brain is just like i i whatever fine peas sure so cinderella grabs this fur coat well it's more of a poncho what it looks like is it looks like a bathroom mat that has a hole cut out in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and it's very it's a sheepskin it's a sheepskin poncho it looks very grungy yes very rustic Um, Yes, so she grabs it, she puts it on, and she sneaks away, and as she's leaving, there's a cat that starts meowing at her. She's left the room, and she's closed the door behind her, and she's standing on the verge of leaving the house when this is happening, and she tells the cat that the cat can't go in right now, and asks the cat if she's looking for a snack, and pours her some milk, and then she goes, do you think you can manage that? Hmm? Oh, you can, huh? it's very cute the way she talks to animals it it is and she goes to her horse and also there's a person there and we don't get a name for him so he's just servant man and he has a kind of higher position in the household because he's the one that takes direct orders from the stepmother yep Sorry, you were saying. No, I was going to say I've got him in my notes as stable man because we meet him in the stables. But he's, <laughs> yeah, he's a head servant of some kind. Yes. Um, and he recognizes that it's Cinderella before he turns around to look at her and tells her that he wasn't the one that knew the horse Jurassic knew. And he asks her why she isn't with the others. And she says, I'm not allowed. And they have this little conversation about it. And he asks her if she's ever seen the prince. And she says she saw it last, saw him last year. And the servant kind of asks her, like, well, did you like him? What did you think? And she kind of smiles and tucks her face, like, into the horse and says, I like Jurassic most of all, right, Jurassic? It's so cute. It's so cute. And then at this point, somebody yells, they're here. And as the king and the whole entourage starts entering, um Cinderella sneaks out the back with the horse because everyone's looking the other way yeah and she takes the horse to a different stable this is like her personal shed thing and it's like a little hut on stilts I think it's it's a stable ladder yeah it's a stable it's a little barn it has a loft but it's very dilapidated And it's clearly not the main stable, which is in the village. So it's just this weird little building. Mm -hmm. And she climbs up to the loft and she starts calling for someone called Rosie. Rosie is an owl. Who lives there. Who lives there and, quote, looks after her treasures. So she's just chatting with this owl 
and takes down a jewelry box and there's a cameo pin in it with a rose and a little silver mirror which she tries to she, she looks in and tries to sort of twist her hair back that's fallen out of her hair tie thing and wipes the ashes off her face and then she takes the saddle which was up in the loft down the ladder presumably to take the horse and go for a ride so we get the uh we cut back to the village and the fancy procession has arrived and the king is asking you know where are the prince and his two friends and uh the man who you will find out later is the tutor says you know i don't know where they are i was giving them a lecture on proper manners and they just disappeared into the forest (laughs) the tutor is going to be my favorite character in this just oh man that poor man that poor poor man that poor guy oh god so the king sends him off instructs him to go give them a strict lesson and then says never mind i'll take care of it and then he has to greet this little village Mm -hmm. um everyone bows to him and then we cut back to Cinderella and she's riding through the snowy field and there's this like wistful humming music and it's very like upbeat and she's smiling and there's all these shots of her looking at treetops against the sky it's it's a beautiful writing montage it's a writing montage it's very Narnia it has a very Narnia feel to it everything is snow and snow-covered trees in the sky it is interrupted however by her noticing the prince and his two friends who are dressed in just the most colorful clothes <laughs> it's great they're, um, they're all wearing tights oh, and yeah. with one leg one color and the other leg a different color usually yeah and the prince has one of those hats on that men wore that had like a little scarf veil thing attached to the top of it and it came down under their chin and back over their shoulder and a jaunty kind of way and it just looks it's a floppy red beret basically yep and it looks goofy and they're all wearing very short tunics which because they delightfully did very bright colors and very brightly colored tights don't look like flesh at all and i was really happy about it they chose colorful tights so that that was great full points yes we didn't have to deal with that ever again in this movie nope so they're out hunting and they see a deer And Cinderella has gotten off of her horse to sort of sneak around in the trees and watch them. And right as they're about to shoot this deer, she takes a snowball and throws it and hits the prince square in the head. And he misses his shot and the deer runs off and his friends make fun of him about like, oh, what happened to your, what happened to your aim? As though they can't see that he was just hit in the face with a snowball. Is that not what you would do if I missed a shot? Oh, no, that's absolutely what I would do. <laughs> Regardless <laughs> of the reason. I was literally hit by a snowball out of nowhere you live. An avalanche could fall on your head. I'd be like, what happened to your aim, Talon? <laughs> so they spot her across the clearing mm-hmm. and kind of run after her. And at this point, she giggles. And then she starts running through the woods. We get a chase scene where they try to follow her around a tree and like she hides behind a fallen log and then at the end she goes under an overhang and is just kind of covered by some roots and the prince and his friends stand on top of the overhang and then jump off of it somewhat unsuccessfully they end up like rolling in the snow which Mm -hmm. they do a lot of and they realize that there's no trail anymore 
then they find her again and start running and finally decide to split up in order to corner her which is a very smart idea it is also the part where the scene stops being fun because up until now i've been having a good time with this is fresh snowfall you could just follow the very obvious footprints how did you lose her she went around a tree which means her footprints run around a tree come on guys we're watching you leave massive just snowy upheaval prints but at this point yeah they they split up and manage to corner her like they're hunting her and it stops being a fun scene at this point i think it's still a fun scene because she's got her back against the tree and she's like trying to catch her breath but she's still laughing oh see i did not read that as laughing i read that as like suddenly scared oh no i didn't read that as scared at all i read that as laughing okay that's slightly better but i'm still not a big fan of it yeah it there okay I watched this a lot as a kid, and mm-hmm. so to me, all of it is like through rose-colored glasses completely. Absolutely. So I will completely admit that anything that has like a potentially like negative overtone or like an implication just completely went over my head. Like I totally that's, missed it. And that's completely fair. Anyways, so they have cornered her, and they they laugh at her, and they call her a child and a kid and a nestling, and she's really mad about that. They call her basically a little pipsqueak. Yeah. And so the prince reaches out his hand to sort of touch her face. And she smacks his hand away and pulls his hat down over his face. Which is incredible. Which is amazing. Except that they respond with like, oh, I guess she needs a spanking. Or maybe we just throw her in the thorns. Which I hated. But then she responds when hell freezes over asshole and runs away and steals his horse so this this scene for me is just this roller coaster of i love it i hate it i love it i hate it i love it so so she steals his horse the prince's horse and now they're genuinely worried because everybody is afraid of this horse all the stable boys are afraid of it and she's very small and they're worried that she's going to hurt herself but she doesn't she rides the stolen horse back to her horse, gets on her horse, and then sends the stolen horse back to the prince. And, at and this when point, we say sends, oh. she just says, go, go back to your master now. <laughs> it's, it's and the great. horse walks off, and we just have to hope <laughs> that he finds the prince. He does. We find out immediately that he makes his way back to the prince, but it's, <laughs> it's great. The prince at this point is actually impressed that she's stayed one step ahead of them. His two friends are still pretty salty about the whole thing. But the prince at this point is like, oh, wow, I'm actually, I was a pretty impressive child. We do get the friends' names, like, right in the beginning. Do we? We do, just for a second. But, like, I don't, I didn't write them down. They went too fast for me to write them down. And we never hear them again. The friends are completely interchangeable. I have them as friend one and friend two, but it doesn't matter which one said which line because they're always together. Yeah, they are the Benvolio and Mercutio of this yes. movie. We should describe the prince. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think the prince is handsome. He's got like a little short bob of black hair, mm-hmm. which is working on him <laughs> is it Tyler? is it it's, working on him it's okay it's as good as it can possibly look on anyone like i promised everyone would look worse in that hairstyle okay i will i will accept that and he has a really nice smile 
he has a nice smile. He has strong features, um, sort of a nice square chin and a strong nose. Yeah, the, the page boy haircut just kills it for me. <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. And he's wearing clothes that are not good on him. And I don't love the way his character is portrayed. His character okay. is very petulant. If you gave that boy a better haircut, like any other haircut, literally anything <laughs> at all, <laughs> um, and put him in a nice pair of jeans and a jacket, yeah, he would be really good looking. As it is, I just can't, I can't get into the prints. Anyway, the two friends have lighter hair, also in little bobs. One of them looks younger than the other, or like has a rounder face. And they mostly wear shades of green. Uh, excuse me. One of them is wearing lavender right now. Just bright purple. <laughs> bright purple. And the other one's wearing blue. So. Okay. They were wearing green in the next scene. And that's when they started paying attention to what they that's, were wearing. They are indeed wearing green in the next scene. It's fine. So at this point, their tutor has caught up with them somehow. And the tutor is a older plump stocky very stodgy fellow and the tutor finds them and tries to get them to come into let to come back to their history lessons or something and the boys all get on their horses and race back into the forest then we're back at the village and the stepmother is trying to chat up the king and queen and she's trying to find out like oh the prince didn't come with you this time and the king has to cover for his ne'er-do-well son and say, oh, he did. Just nature studies have detained him on the way. <laughs> um, and then the stepmother goes on this campaign of getting invited to the ball. And it's incredible. So how she achieves this is she says, oh, all year we've been looking forward to your visit. And, you know, I even had a dream that you would come here. And in my dream, you looked at my daughter and you looked at me and you invited us to the ball. And the king and queen kind of exchange a glance. And she's like, yes, yes, in my dream, you looked right at me and you said we would be delighted to see you there. And the king kind of waits a beat and goes, we shall be pleased to see you there. Thank you for the refreshments. Yeah, he, he sort of rolls his eyes and sighs very, very faintly and looks at the queen in this sort of, oh, peasants, okay, kind of way. And it's... It's charming. I really like the relationship between the king and the queen in this movie. You definitely get the sense that they're on the same team. Oh yeah, no, I, I like it. They're, they're on the same team. They keep each other stable. I like it. And you but get they also a, poke at each other and it's very cute. Yeah, the, very believable couple. I like them a lot. We have to talk about what the king is wearing just for a second because he's wearing the biggest dark blue cloth hat that you've ever seen. It's like a weather balloon. Like he's wearing a weather balloon on his head. Okay, and, but now you have to talk about what the queen is wearing. Okay, the queen is wearing a gigantic fur triangle behind her neck. Just a big triangle made out of fur and a She's very just surrounded by fur. Conical white dress. It's it's great. The costumes in this are just so much fun. They're not correct in any way, shape, or form, or said in any single century even but uh my god they're fun i really like seeing like winter versions of outfits because we never get a cinderella set in the winter yeah agreed 
the royal entourage heads home and the prince and his friends ride up out of the forest and join them just as they're leaving and we see the king and the queen in their carriage really sort of for the first time for an extended shot their carriage is full of dogs yes they've got (laughs) what initially looks like a Pekingese it's not it just looks like that because it's shot from far away but they've got basically two Afghan hounds in their carriage which are large dogs with long hair and a jester who's just sitting on the floor with the dogs and he's got a tricorn hat with bells that's white and blue and doesn't say anything nothing happens he has no lines in this entire movie but he appears often he does i will also say that if you had to go on like a carriage or sled or whatever it is ride through a winter in Czechoslovakia, yeah, yeah, I would bring dogs. I would bring dogs to yeah, help with under the big fur blanket. It's brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. no, I I love it. It just caught me off guard because <laughs> normally the dogs would have like a purpose in the movie, but they don't at all. So then the king chides the prince for carrying on like a little boy. And warns him that he'll behave when he's married. And the prince starts to argue with him. And the queen cautions them to discuss this at home. You know, where there are no witnesses. I love the queen. She is great. So then the prince kind of rides off a little bit. And the king turns to his two friends. And is like, what have you been doing? Like, you were supposed to devote yourself to the study of diplomacy and etiquette. And they're like, oh, yes, we've been very devoted. It's been very difficult. And they're just, like, bullshitting him a lot. And he's like, where is your tutor? And they're both like, oh, he must have wandered off again, that careless man. The prince is now ridden to the other side of the carriage so he can be next to his mom instead of next to his dad. But the mom and dad, like, the king and queen, are, like, a foot apart from each other. So he leans down and whispers, are those just threats or does he mean it about the marriage? And the queen goes, no, yeah, he means it. And the music changes to this like dun, dun, dun music. And (laughs) we zoom in on the prince's face and he's like not thrilled about it. And we (laughs) see the castle in the distance. So at least this awkward ride is not going to be much longer. So we cut back to the village um, where the stepmother is in a tizzy because they are now going to this ball and she's telling the head servant guy to go and buy lots of fancy fabric, uh, velvets and silks and ribbons and trim and silver buckles. And she gives him this massive list in no order and just says, make sure you don't forget any of it. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he rides out on a sleigh. As he rides out, he sees Cinderella and she's in the forest in the winter sitting on a plank over a stream doing laundry with her hands in the water singing an amazing la 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 song yes this is the least melodic song I think we've ever gotten (laughs) She, she has many skills and talents I don't know that singing is necessarily one of them like her voice is pretty but the song is like it's amazing (laughs) there's not much of a melody to it (laughs) there's 
there's no melody at all um so my notes immediately panic about the frostbite that she's getting on her hands yeah and i'm like does this movie not know about frostbite but no it does because the main servant guy rolls up and is like you are going to freeze and he's like did the mistress tell you to do this and cinderella goes who else and then he asks what shall he get her in town and she's like, oh, yeah, how about some, how about a tiara and some pearls and a veil? I can just see them persuading me to go to the ball with them. And the servant guy kind of is sad. And he goes, if I could bring you whatever you wished, honestly, I would. And she smiles at him and says, well, then bring me the first thing that hits you in the nose. And he agrees and rides off. And she goes back to doing the laundry and singing her La 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 song. Yep. And now we cut to the palace where... We see the prince. You guys, he's wearing a shiny gold fedora. But like a little one. Like a like a miniature gold fedora. Like a like a party size gold fedora with a big feather in it and a big shiny sparkly gold collar and just extremely, extremely white tights. Yep. It's and a strong ki- look. It's a powerful look, man. And he stays with it for a while. So the king and queen are going over the invite list for the ball. And the prince is not pleased about this list. He is, he compares it again to a manhunt. And the king does not want to have this argument in front of people. So he dismisses all the servants. And the prince tries to convince the king to release him from this audience. And is like, no, I'm, I'm going to go study. And he, he's just... He's just making stuff up. He's laying it on real thick. Mm -hmm. He's like, yes, we're going to study the history of the kingdom and of our glorious line and um, the traditions that we do and in the um, diplomacy. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. And the king walks over to the window and looks out of it and his two friends are below with crossbows and arrows and stuff. They are clearly going hunting. They're and, also, like, pushing each other oh, and yeah. just clearly, like, up to no good. Yeah, just horsing around. And the king asks the prince, you know, are you making fun of me? And the prince is like, I wouldn't dare. And we cut to downstairs where the tutor has shown up and grabs the bows away from the friends and shoves books into their hands. And we cut back to the tower and the king is basically tells the queen to go look and the queen looks over and sees the friends holding books and talking to the tutor and she's like i'm confused (laughs) and so the king also looks out and sees the boys holding the books and just goes okay fine but also practice dancing and then the prince says in at the same time as the king i've danced through three pairs of slippers in one night um and walks out of the room while he does that he did that earlier also when the king was telling him when i was your age i had upon my shoulders and the prince finishes the full power of the kingdom yes i know responsibility okay (laughs) so then the king and queen have an incredibly cute scene because now it's just them in the tower and the queen is like interesting when did you when did you dance through all these all these shoes and he goes it was before I met you and she goes <laughs> that's fascinating because I seem to remember you telling me that you had never danced before when you were stepping on my feet at the ball where we met 
And he goes, that's not something to brag about to your son. And she's like, he's very like you. And the king's like, are you sure? And she's like, oh, yes, in all the important ways. And she's got her hair in these little, like, poofy net things. And the king is just sort of holding her hands, like, both hands and smiling at her really sincerely. And it's just, it's really sweet. We don't, we don't see a ton of lovely king-queen relationships. Mm-hmm. I really like theirs. Theirs is, it's not the best we've ever seen, but man, it's sweet. I like it a lot. It was adorable. So next we have <laughs> the prince and his two friends. And they're back in the snow in the woods. And one of them was holding out like a gnarled root and pretending to play the flute. And the yep. other one is pretending to dance with the prince. And they're just making a mockery of the whole thing. And they're being very silly. And they keep falling in the snow and rolling around. And they're like, ah, oh, yes, let us now do conversation. And then they do a French accent, it says in the subtitles. It says in the subtitles. <laughs> so supposedly they're speaking Czech with a French accent. And one of the friends holds out his hand and is like looking away from the prince. And instead of kissing his hand, the prince bites him on the thumb really theatrically. Yep. And they do this little thing where the prince is like pretending to chat him up. But it's like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so fascinating. But I have to tell you, I have a different love. It is the hunt. I cannot marry you. And as he's saying this, the friend is like swooning incrementally until he falls backwards into the snow. They just have the most with them. beautiful parody flirt ever. And they wind up again, yeah, rolling around in the snow. Snowball fight ensues. Their other friend yells, there won't be rain from that cloud. Um, and the prince goes, or like that kid said, when hell freezes over. Yep. And in the distance, we see the tutor running after them, yelling plaintively, gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> and they see him and they get on their horses and run off. And he's like, what about your studies? The tutor, by the way, at this point is wearing sort of all browns and grays, but he has this bright red, like, uh, old timey church priesty cardinal hat thing. It's just this bright red amazing thing and he's just leaning sadly against a tree trying to catch his breath because he's been running and they've been riding (laughs) so uh the prince and his friends go hunting and they see the head servant guy from cinderella's village drive by and he is asleep at the reins Mm -hmm. and as a joke the prince decides to shoot something down so that it falls on his head it is a nest and so the nest falls down on the servant guy's head and wakes him up and he he reaches into it he reaches into it and pulls out this little sprig that has three nuts on it they look like acorns they're later called hazelnuts i don't know and he looks at them and goes oh dear girl i almost forgot about you and then throws the nest away and tucks the nuts into his pouch, which A, that's weird. And B, the nuts didn't touch his nose. The nest hit him in the face. Surely he should bring the nest home. I think it's a phrase, like whatever falls into your lap would be like a phrase. I guess. That you could say. Um, I don't think she literally meant, meant hits you in the nose, but it did happen to hit him in the nose. Yeah. 
Okay, that's fair. So we're back inside the main house and the stepmother and stepsister trying on fabric for their dresses. They don't have the dresses yet, but they're kind of draping fabric and picking out patterns. Like blankies. They're just draping yards and yards of very bizarrely patterned shiny fabric around them like blankies. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. And walking around the room. Meanwhile, Cinderella is picking up scrap and is like cleaning the fireplace. Mm -hmm. The servant guy gives her the branch with the three nuts. And he says, it woke me up by falling in my lap, right? As I was dreaming that I was driving to your wedding. And the stepmother notices and demands to know what he just gave her. And Cinderella initially hid it behind her back, but she takes it out and she holds it out to the stepmother who goes, oh, it's not, it's, it's not anything. And goes, oh, such a nice present, maybe for a squirrel. And gives it back to Cinderella. Mm-hmm. They then decide that they need to go to town because they can't send a servant out for jewelry. And obviously they need new jewelry for the ball. Obviously. They tell the servant guy to prepare the carriage. And then the stepsister goes, would you like to come with us, Cinderella? You'd only scare people off. And Cinderella keeps sweeping the fireplace as she's doing as this is happening. And the stepmother barks at her. You know, I said sweep it properly. So she gets a bigger broom and starts sweeping it really, really hard. And all this dust flies up into the stepmother and stepsister's faces. And they start coughing and covering their faces and mouth and nose. It's the best. It's the greatest. I had forgotten about this scene altogether. (laughs) I want more malicious compliance for my Cinderella. I want an Amelia Bedelia Cinderella. I mean, it's what I wanted from Ella Enchanted. Yes, I wanted a malicious compliance. That would have been amazing. I think it's risky to do malicious compliance when you're Cinderella. It is. But I would like to watch it. Yes, I mean, Uh, me too. (laughs) Anyways. So then we cut to an outdoor scene and her horse, Jurasek, and Silly Billy the dog are playing tag. We just watched this for a little bit. They're just playing in the snow. It's It's really cute. Very cute. It is. Silly Billy the dog is like a little white and brown dog with like spots all over him. And he's such a cute dog. And he's playing with this big horse and kind of jumping up and down. It's just, I like the Animal Friends interlude. It is cute. And it's nice that they interact with each other. I like that a lot. Cinderella goes to her little special shed farm thing to go talk to her owl friend and says, oh, you're lucky you could fly anywhere. You know, I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck within these walls. And the owl hoots and we get sort of tinkly music. And no, you missed the most important line. Oh, I'm sorry. Cinderella goes, I'd like to see where he goes, but I can't looking like this. Oh, right. Okay. So she specifically is interested in the prince. Okay. I missed that. Sorry. So then we get tinkly music and the owl hoots and one of the nuts falls and it cracks when it hits the floor and Cinderella opens it and there's a little piece of fabric coming out of it and she tugs it a little bit and a little more comes out and this is a really creative use of film because there's not a special effect in this scene. They just just, stuffed a little piece of fabric inside a nut. Inside a nut she pulls a little bit of it out they cut to her face looking surprised and then she's pulling a whole hat 
a Robin Hood hat off, from off screen. And then she drops the nut, which has fallen into two empty halves. So it's, as a viewer, it is very, you pulled that out of the thing, but there's literally no special effects. It's just creative filming. And I really liked it. We do mm-hmm. get some dumb special effects later, but this yes, is just really well done. <laughs> so what the Hazelnut has given her is a Robin Hood outfit. With little leaf patterns on one leg. Oh, it's cute. It's, it's very cute. It's a very cute Robin Hood pattern um, outfit. I like it. She goes down the ladder and she gets on her horse and she's, she's all in this boy's outfit now. And her hair is, which is quite long, is now somehow up in a bob. Talon thinks it was just tucked up, but it's curling under like a bob. So I, I was really confused about her hair for longer than I should have been. I mean, I, spent- I think they put a wig on her. I don't think that's her actual hair. I think while filming this, that's a wig. But I think in universe... She just tucked her hair into the hat and it looks like a page boy haircut, kind of. Okay, I'll buy it. I'm compromised <laughs> with that. It's fine. The animals react to her looking different and she reassures them that it's still her, which I thought was really cute. Because mm-hmm. it's, um, it's very obvious to us that it's still her. She is not in any way disguised, but um, right. it's nice <laughs> that the, they're establishing that in universe, she looks very different. So the next scene is a fox hunt. Talon and I both hate this scene. Yeah. So I don't want to talk about it. We have to tell you, we have to tell you right away the fox dies. The fox dies. There's a bunch of beagles and bloodhounds. Bang. We get some interesting sort of horrific POV shots of the dogs running and the fox. And then the prince shoots the fox and it's dead. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. Um, That scene is over. That scene's over. There's We've a- decided. Anyway, so now the head hunter guy tells the prince, now you have to get a bird of prey and your highness will become crowned king of the hunt. Yeah, so that's evidently what this outing is. Yes, and he holds up this beautiful giant ring Massive. and he says, it's huge. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's like a brooch on a ring. Yes. And the king awards this precious ring to the huntsman who first shoots down a bird of prey. Huntsman, go forward. And first it's just the prince and his two friends go forward. And I full on thought that they organized this entire competition just <laughs> for the three of them because that's the level of board they're at. But no, there's a bunch of actual huntsmen who also go forward. Yep. So they spot like a bird, like I guess a hawk or something. It's a hawk, yeah. Excellent. And the friends like basically call dibs on it and they each take a turn and miss and then it's the prince's turn and he doesn't even try because he says that it's already up too high and he just kind of puts down his crossbow. Cinderella takes aim from behind them in the trees and just kind of angles her crossbow almost straight up. Straight up. It's great. And then shoots and the bird falls out of the sky. The bird also dies. I'm sorry. But we're not emotionally attached to the bird because we didn't yes. watch it be hunted. Yes. Um, and, so, and it's, anyway. It's so the yeah. prince holds up the arrow asking whose it is. And it's immediately shot out of his hand by another arrow that hits the arrow he's holding straight in the middle, making a T. So and it's great. It's very, it's very Robin Hood. 
it's, it's a very it's Robin, Robin Hood move. This might be the Robin Hood Cinderella. I think we missed the obvious thing. It's the Dr. Doolittle Cinderella. Oh. I feel like really dumb for missing that. We, <laughs> yep. It's too late now. It's too late now, but <laughs> whatever. So, so Cinderella walks out of the woods and she says, forgive me. And the prince goes, who are you? And she just says, I thought you didn't want to take the shot anymore. And he takes her crossbow out of his hands and out of her hands and ex- inspects it and goes, well, this is just a regular crossbow. And somebody asks, do we continue with the hunt? And the prince says, no, the best marksman has shown us his skill already. And he takes the ring and he goes to put it on Cinderella's gloved hand and she kind of pulls her hand away and he like takes it and puts the ring on and it's so romantic but also really weird because the way that she walks out of the trees I have struts forward manfully like she swaggers forward like like Mulan like Mulan entering the war camp for the first time it's (laughs) amazing and they're also clearly buying the fact the look Oh yeah, they're um, and have and are treating her like she's a fellow huntsman, even Although, though she just looks like a baby in a hunting outfit. And her voice is very high. She has a very high pitched voice. It's it's sweet and clear and beautiful and charming, but she's not an alto. She doesn't have a low voice. So she's talking like this, and it's very obvious that she's not a boy. Uh, the prince also spends a lot of time looking at this new huntsman, mm-hmm. just like long shots of the prince's face as he's trying to figure this out. And just like cogs are turning, but very slowly in his head. And I think he's developing a crush. I think he is. This movie has a lot of um, undertones. So at this point, the prince goes, maybe you have this line better than me, but the prince goes, or you could show us some more. But he says it in such a sultry way. He says, or can you show us something more? And I read it as him being salty that she shot the bird out of the sky. Oh, it's definitely him being salty that she shot the bird out of the sky. But the way that this actor chooses to deliver the line is very mm, bedroom style. So, (laughs) and she also responds to that with, I'm sorry, you're angry. And he doesn't respond to that at all and just points to a tree pretty far away. And it's a very high tree. And he says, can you see those cones at the tip? Would you dare? And she goes, even a little girl can do that. (laughs) And she goes to take the shot. And the prince and his two friends hover around her. Like, they're resting their chins on her shoulder. They are plastered up against her as she takes this shot. Well, because she's aiming. And they're all trying to see how she's aiming. It's so great. But they're just smushed all together. It's so funny. Um, It's a really good scene. It is. So she shoots the cone, it falls down. One of the friends goes to get it. And in the time that they're looking at this pine cone, she has gotten on her horse and ridden away. The prince yells, bring the horses and goes to search for this hunter. And is just going through the woods yelling, hey. And he gets hit in the face with snow again (laughs) because Cinderella is up in a tree. And he goes, did you see a hunter come through here? And she goes, no, only a featherless nestling. He goes, well, come down. And she goes, come up. And he's like, I'm telling you to come down. And she goes, I'm telling you to come up. It's amazing. And he goes, we've met before. And she says, you'd have to remind me. And he says, right here in this 
in this woods, you little lizard. It's amazing. And then he says, you won't get away this time. In, again, sort of a flirty way and approaches the tree like he's going to actually climb it. Which she's invited him to do. So, like, I don't know what her goal is. I don't know either. This is, this is a, this is a, I'm chasing you flirty scene that totally works for me. Well, because it's one-on-one. Yes. And she's not being ganged up on. Also because she's literally invited him to come up the tree. Yes. But his friends show up and he's like, I'm talking to the girl. Can't you, like, can't you see her? And suddenly they can't find her, even though she's still there. She's just moved around the tree to a slightly different part of tree. Well, my favorite part is that the friends are like, did you see the hunter? And he's like, no, I'm looking for someone else now, basically. <laughs> he's been completely derailed. They all thought they were looking for the hunter. He's not even doing that anymore. He's moved on. Keep up, guys. Keep up. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to the village, and there are a lot of fittings happening for dresses. These dresses span 500 years, guys. It's amazing. But and the pinning... patterns span more. Oh, it's, it's the best. So Cinderella's bringing buttons and silver thread and jewels, and they're getting ready to be basically done. And Dora, the stepsister, asks Cinderella how she looks. And Cinderella stops and she goes, in a really sincere tone of voice, you look beautiful. And the stepsister sort of pauses. And the stepsister, by the way, which we've completely forgotten to describe her. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, she's very plump. She's she's kind of pretty. She has delicate features and dark hair and kind of a sweet smile. She's really mean. Yeah, if this was a different movie, she could have been the star of it. Oh yeah, no, it's it's visually unclear that she's supposed to be the evil stepsister. But in this moment, uh, she looks sweet for a second, and then Dora goes, uh, "Would you like to come with us?" and at this point, we see the stepmother's hat, and I don't have any lines for the rest of this scene. <laughs> I have the, the next of- line. <laughs> Please tell me you have the lines. Cause- I have the next line. Please describe the hat. Oh, God, guys, it's an umbrella. It's an umbrella. It's a white umbrella, like a fancy Lolita umbrella with the curvy tips between the, the tines and the sort of onion shape on the top. But it's not round like like an umbrella because that would be silly, guys. It's sort of elongated like it's been smushed. And it's also not just sitting on her head. It's above her head. So she's just got a smushed white Lolita umbrella on top of her head and will continue to be wearing it for the next like seven scenes. So I've got, I've got a solid essay on white umbrella hat and an occasional word about like the movie. <laughs> That's okay. I got this. <laughs> it was a very distracting hat. It was so distracting. So Cinderella says, I know you wouldn't take me inside, but could I have a peek through the windows? And the stepmother goes, well, who would do the cleaning here? And Cinderella says, I would have it all done by morning. And the stepmother says, if you don't have enough work here, then you can sort this out. And she pours lentils and I guess acorns on the floor. And just mixes them up. And then Dora comes up to her and takes her foot and kind of spins it, mixes it all around and says, 
I'll tell you tomorrow how many times I danced with the prince. Hold my veil. And Cinderella holds onto her veil, but doesn't move when Dora walks forward. So she gets yanked back. And then Cinderella says very sweetly, I think you better hold it yourself. I might get Um, it dirty. And then the kitchen boy comes up to her and says, don't be sad. We can dance after supper. And she knocks his hat over his face the same exact way that she did to the prince before. So I think that they're friends. Because that seems to be a thing that she does often. Yeah. The stepmother is also, by the way, wearing a massive fur cloak that's got like triple levels, like a like an English greatcoat, but just fur. And it's the most bizarre garment other than the umbrella and everything else that gets worn. So it's on I don't par know, with everything Some of the else, sleeves get pretty intense. Some of the sleeves do get pretty intense, y'all. Okay. <laughs> So the head servant guy goes, you're sad about that, right? And Cinderella kind of shrugs and walks away. And he says to himself, but I can't help you, which is very sad. Um, Cinderella goes to get a pot and a plate. And she sits down and says, it'll take a week to pick these apart. And then she starts working. Like you see her start putting them into different Mm -hmm. pails. Uh, But there's doves knocking at the window and they've come to help her again. And she tells them, you know, put the corn into the basket and the lentils into the bowl and thanks them and says, what would I have done without you? And then she goes to visit Rosie, the owl. Mm -hmm. And she gets her jewel box out and she's, and as she's like holding it, she's reminiscing and saying, daddy always laughed that I'd ride Jurassic to my first ball, like a a hussar, which is a type of soldier. And then she says, my mom promised me a beautiful dress as pink as the red sky and as blue as something else that I missed. And she says, but now I only have Jurassic. And she thinks about it a little bit and goes, well, no, I have some other things. I have three, well, no, two now nuts. And she looks at the owl and she goes, Rosie, do you think? And she closes her eyes and throws one of the nuts over her shoulder. And we get a very silly effect where in place of the nut, there's like a twinkle sound and we see a folded up dress and it's a beautiful pink and blue dress. She holds it up to her chest and she holds the skirt and she dances with it until Jurassic neighs at her. And she asks him, how did you get here? And who saddled, saddled you? And there's this magical twinkly music And she looks at Rosie and the camera lingers on the owl, Rosie. So did Rosie do it? Yeah, we're going to have some questions about where exactly the magic comes from in this. Because I have questions. Yeah. So we cut to the ball where we're having an introduction of eligible ladies. There's just a long, an endless line of eligible women folk, mostly older women escorting their two or three or four daughters. There's almost no men here. Mm-hmm. The king is grumpy. He's telling the prince to smile and to not look so sour, to which the prince responds, well, I'd like to know which one you would be smiling at if you had to marry one, at which point the queen reminds them not to quarrel in public. And the king basically says, 
you know, I didn't make a fuss like this when I got married. To which the prince goes, okay, but you married mom. <laughs> he says, you got to marry mom. <laughs> you got to marry mom. It's the cutest. <laughs> it has some weird implications, cute. but it's really cute. So my notes just say the band starts up. Nope. Because we get told yeah. that the music is going to start. And the band plays a couple of notes and then stops. Because the prince was supposed to start dancing and he hadn't. So they're oh, waiting on him. Because that's not how music works. No. It, no. Maybe it does when you're a prince. Maybe it does. So okay. he says earlier, I don't care who I dance with. You point to one and I'll dance with her. But they're making him choose. So he says, I'll choose blindly. And just starts walking through the room to see who he bumps into, I guess. He's kind of squinting, and we see a very blurry shot of all the girls lined up. Yeah. So he can kind of see, he just can't see faces. Okay. So he opens his eyes, and he is standing in front of Dora. And she smiles sweetly at him, and he sort of offers a hand. But a large girl in aggressive red sleeve steps forward and just takes his hand again very aggressively see i thought it was the other way around i thought he stopped in front of the lady in the red and he gave her her hand and dora tried to intercept it because later her mom tells her that she was too slow oh i think that her mom was telling her that she was too slow because she was too slow to take the prince's hand when he offered it to her oh interesting I completely misread that. Because I think that the prince looks at the uh, large, aggressive girl in angry red and does an internal nope and looks at the next one, which is Dora, and goes to offer her, you know, to dance. And Redrick is like, nope, you looked at my eyeballs, mine now. I thought that he literally stopped in front of the girl in the red dress because she was wearing the brightest color there. And he just stopped in front of her because that's the only thing he could see through his squinty eyes. That's quite possible, but he definitely does a look, oh, oh God, no thank you. Because um, the girl in the red dress, it's a, it's a black dress with a red bodice. She is tall. She's large. She has dark hair. She's very assertive. The sleeves have like 17 different poofs, each of them the size of an infant. They're just huge. It's like somebody took the world's poofiest sleeves and then put rubber bands going down the arm to yep. capture the poofs. And it, it just looks really red and roughly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a violent dress somehow. I didn't know poofs could be violent, but this woman achieves it. So the music continues and they start to dance. And now we see other girls being asked to dance by other guys. And this is where the stepmother chastises Dora for being too slow. And a guy comes up to her and asks the mom permission to ask Dora to dance. She gives it. And Dora kind of miserably goes to dance with him. The plump lady in the red dress is smiling. And the prince just looks very bleak. Uh, Mm -hmm. At one point, she picks him up. And the king leans over to the queen and goes, to think, I knew nothing of the prince's tastes, it seems. And the queen it's, giggles. 
Oh yeah, they're just they're roasting him. I love it. Um, it's phenomenal. This is a weird dance, by the way. This is sort of this is no type of dance that has ever existed. This is just holding hands with your partner and walking sideways and then not walking sideways and then walking sideways again. It looks like court dancing to me, a person who doesn't understand anything about dancing. It looks like the kind of very formal dancing where you touch hands with your partner and that's about all you do. It does look like court dancing. They got it right in that it looks like court dancing. But the couples are just sort of strewn all around the room. They're not in sets. They're not lined up. They're not doing anything other than just walking sideways and then not sideways like crabs. It's weird. Yeah, they didn't do a great job, it sounds like. No, they didn't do a great job. I've seen worse, but they didn't do a great job. Oh, so now we get the little bird song. Yes. So we we cut outside to the nighttime where Cinderella is riding through the snow. And we get this melodic ballad song, which is about a little bird who doesn't know what traps are and birch tree embraces the bird so that the singer can leave is that what your subtitle said um, give me a weird look i have never <laughs> thought about what the word said because <laughs> i only ever watch those dubbed and they never dubbed the song so when i hear it in my head i hear it in check and i literally didn't read the subtitles during that part because oh. i was like the song does not have a translation Okay, good. I feel better because the look you were giving me was making me really worried. No, I was just like, what? Is that what it's been about these last 30 years? <laughs> yes. Um, so she's wearing this pink cloak with this long, long trailing hood. And this, it has, it buttons very tightly around the throat, like three buttons very tightly around the throat, which is weird. It's a very folks. fitted hood. I wanted one desperately when I was a child. from the time I first met Talon to now the primary palette has been blacks and grays and this dress is aggressively pink and blue just baby pink baby blue aggressive so I don't know what it is it's like a confection it's pink it's frothy I just the long hood is so elven it just looks so cool. I just wanted it. Uh, so Cinderella walks up to the window and breathes on the glass and wipes a little bit clean and just looks through the window at the ball like a creeper. She's definitely not invited to the ball. Oh, no, not at all. We see the stepsister is now dancing with a prince and the belligerent girl in the red dress snorts at her aggressively and the stepmother is crying in joy under her giant white umbrella hat which she's still wearing (laughs) (laughs) so cinderella's watching the prince and the stepsister dance together looking happy and she is sad about this and then we get some amazing first lines which i don't have them all do you have i don't have them all Okay, so the prince is talking with the stepsister and he goes, did you come far? And she goes, basically, nothing is too far for my desire to dance with you. And it just continues in that vein. And basically she's being 
very forward everything he says or tries to ask her as an innocuous question she's like oh i would be delighted to take you into my debt i like just weird the weirdest possible answers she says i would dance with you until the end of the world and he says even after i've trod on your feet such courage and she goes well you can trot on me again basically Uh, it's it's a lot she's a lot and it's he a lot. flees at this point and does. the lady in red gets swung past Dora and goes ha ha <laughs> I want to know what's happening with the lady in red I want to know what fairy tale she's in and what character she plays in it because she's definitely the main character in her own story she seems like she's having an amazing time and I want only the best for her likewise but I also want to know what her story is like what fairy tale is she in? Who is she? I want to know. Oh, all right. So Cinderella comes back to Jurassic the horse who neighs at her. And she goes, you think I should go on? And he literally nods at her. And wait, 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 wait. So he whinnies. The subtitles at this point say, yup, yup, winky face emoji. <laughs> and it's the only time that they put in subtitles for an animal's response to her responses and scare quotes (laughs) yep yep winky face these are not the official subtitles these were fan made but oh my god they're so great and so cinderella then does a will i won't i counting the railings the, the balusters on the fancy staircase and she will because you can make that thing end however you want it's great. That's kind of the point of the thing. Yeah. So she walks past a long row of guards who all turn to look at her once she's passed. And her, her hair is all up in these twisty curls. And she's got one very long twisted curl down the center of her back. Very 1780s. And servants trip and fall over themselves because they're watching her. And like literally. Literally, they trip. And then we see the inside of the ballroom and there is a wrought iron screen door with Celtic knot designs on it, which opens and Cinderella enters. And she's got sort of a jeweled tiara type headdress thing and ribbons in her hair. And she has a design on the back of her dress. It's like a phoenix or a bird of some kind. That was really cool. Me too. I wished it had meant something or like been relevant in any way. Or it had Um, been like an owl or one of the animals we saw her interact with that would have been really nice but instead we get a phoenix and it's a little bit weird the prince has not noticed this and he goes back to the the dais with the thrones very grumpily and basically is saying i'm out of breath i won't dance anymore and the king teases him by saying i'll have them play something faster cinderella is still entering the room and she takes a veil and sort of tucks it into part of her hair and then the other part of her hair so it's covering her entire face including her eyes and the musicians stop playing because they see her or because the prince has stopped dancing it's because the prince announces that he'd rather cut trees and his father tells him as you wish you may start at once and he starts going across the dance floor very aggressively so the music Mm -hmm. stops playing because he's heading towards the door and he walks almost right into Cinderella, who goes, your highness, thank you for your kind welcome. 
And he goes, basically like, what? And she said, I thought you were coming to greet me. And he kind of catches himself in bad etiquette and goes, I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming. Uh, You just surprised me. I was about to leave. And she says, in that case, I shouldn't stop you. And he's like, no, I don't. I don't want to leave anymore. It's a weird meet cute because I don't think that he runs into her. I think that he walks right past her. Like he he makes it like four steps past her. Yeah. And she intercepts him by saying, thank you for your kind welcome, which is an interesting opening gambit. It is. I, um, it's a, it's a bizarre party scene meet cute. It's just really weird. So he asks her if he may have the pleasure of dancing with her and she goes, well, wouldn't it go better with music? And he notices that the music has stopped and he gets the music to start. And they dance together in that very courtly style dance to Mm -hmm. me. And we actually get to see her full dress at this point. And uh, it has very long diaphanous sleeves and a very sort of, it's a very high collar, but it's not tight to her neck. So it's sort of just a very broad high collar with like a weird rolled edge. Uh, Again, aggressively blue and pink. And, uh, they have this bizarre interaction where the prince says, you know, who are you? And she says, well, can't you tell? And he asks her to take off the veil. And then we just get a lot of weird point of view shots of them dancing. So we, the camera, just stare directly into the prince's face with his horrible little Bob Pageboy haircut as he gazes vacantly back at us, spinning. We keep getting intercepts also of little shots of the king and queen commenting on, look at her son dance. I can't believe that's my son. And things like that. Yeah. Uh, the king is also clearly very interested in her. Just ha- has a... Um, the king has a lot of, like, who is she? And the, the queen's like, you seem like you're more impatient than our son. And he's like, no, I'm just, I just want to know who she is. Should we invite her up here? And the queen is like, no, just just let her dance for a bit. And he goes, with our clumsy son? Um, he's worried this girl is going to get away. Like, the longer she dances with the prince, the bigger the chances that she's just going to leave. Which is correct. That is what happens. The king was right. He should have, they should have yeah. gotten married on the spot. <laughs> um, so she does lift her veil for a second to, like, scratch her nose or something, but then puts it back down. I don't think it was to scratch her nose. I think she was just giving the prince like a glance at her face. Oh, okay. Because it was, I, I but it was like the very quick. Second. But it yeah. was very quick, so I don't think it was very helpful to him. No. So he goes, "Who are you?" And she says, "You know, why do you care?" And he goes, "Well, I want to know the person I'm going to marry." And she basically responds with a swan princess, "You should probably ask me first. <laughs> and he goes, "Well." you wouldn't say no and she says i'll give you three riddles none of these are riddles guys face dirty from ashes but no chimney sweep hat with a feather and crossbow but no huntsman a dress embroidered in silver and a veil but not a princess and the prince is rightfully super confused because this is a terrible riddle this isn't a riddle this is not quite as bad as what have I got in my pocket but this isn't a riddle (laughs) and she goes pity 
until you answer my riddle goodbye and she just runs away ripping off her veil as she does yes and the prince's two friends flank him like what what just happened and the prince shakes off his initial shock to run after her and the king is very concerned and he's like what if he fell in love and the queen's like that's what you that's what you wanted to have happen and the king goes without my permission (laughs) and the queen says you know hey you know calm down you you disobeyed your parents when you brought me home which i thought was a great insight into their backstory which i want to know more about yeah like they're clearly a love match it's very cute yeah and the king also notices suddenly that there's no music and roars why is there no music and the music starts up again (laughs) those poor musicians oh my god it's a terrible gig so cinderella is running down the stairs And the prince is looking over the railing, trying to follow her. And she kind of trips and loses a shoe. And she runs, she keeps running, but then she pauses and turns to go back for it, but then sees that the prince is pretty close now and just turns around and keeps running, gets on her horse and just rides off. Which means she's barefoot in the middle of winter in Siberia. Like, it's cold. This movie um, made me feel very cold. Like, I, movie, I was shivering. Yeah, this movie just genuinely, I am concerned about everybody's lack of awareness of hypothermia and the dangers thereof. The, the real villain of this movie is hypothermia. <laughs> I love it. Yep. So the prince yells to get the horses and they try to follow her, but they get turned around and the guy singing the, the bird song starts up again in the background. It's not yeah. an actual character. I'm so sorry that I made it sound like yeah, just, it's that's just the, the music song. that starts again. Um, they're, by the way, chasing her in the middle of night with no lanterns or torches or anything. This would be pitch black. We we don't really have a sense much anymore of how incredibly dark the world is when the sun is out, as in like not up, like away when the sun is gone and it's nighttime. It is so dark without just the light pollution that we are surrounded with. This would be dangerous to ride this fast. Your horse would trip on something because it can't see properly because it's. I actually so... have an explanation for this, maybe. Is it the moon? No. Wait, never mind. That happens in the summer. I don't have an explanation for this. Okay. It's filmed in a kind of twilighty light, so they've put a blue filter over it. It's clearly the middle of the night. It's very brightly lit for us because they've put a blue filter over broad daylight. But, uh, but within it, the universe. In universe, it would be pitch black and there's no way they could find her. So Cinderella rides into the gates of her village and closes the gates behind her. And the prince rides up to the gates and starts knocking on the door. And this door is, like, big enough to pass through while you're on horseback. So he's banging on the door. Cinderella runs into the house. And all the villagers start coming out after she's already in the house because the prince is just pounding and yelling, let me in, let me in, to the point where he breaks open the doors and bursts into the village. And the head servant is like, what do you want? And he's he's holding, like, a stick. Like, he's... Oh, they're responding. Yeah, they're responding the way that you would correctly to a midnight intruder into your safe space yes 
And the prince goes, we haven't come as hostiles, which was an interesting choice for the subtitles, but that's okay. Yep. And they ask for the master of the house. They're told that it's a mistress with her daughter and they're at the ball. And he's like, I'm looking for the beautiful princess. And everyone starts laughing at him. It's the best. And they're like, oh, a princess, huh? And he's like, well, I don't know if she's a princess, but she's beautiful. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got lots of beautiful ladies here. Make your choice or leave. It's the best. It's amazing. And the prince's friends are like, maybe that's not a bad call. Mornings make for better decisions, which is something I tell Liv, like, on a semi-regular basis. There was a line in one of the Russian cartoons we watched, which was, go to bed. The morning is wiser than the evening. Yes. Talon tells me this on a regular basis. I tell me this on a regular basis. I tell my other friends who are going to make terrible decisions this on a regular basis. I tell my mother this on a regular basis when she starts having a panic attack. Guys, this is the best advice ever. Go to bed. <laughs> Don't make that decision late at night. I, I say that to myself all the time when I start spiraling or where I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm just going to go to bed. I can't do anything about it now. I'm going to handle this tomorrow. The morning is wiser than the evening. Just The facts. morning is wiser than the evening. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the prince demands to see every girl. And at this point, the villagers are like no longer laughing at him and are just kind of fed up with him. And they're asking, who do you think you are? And they find out he's the prince and are immediately like, oh my God, of course, yes, your highness, anything you want. Yep. And he goes, well, she had a veil and a pink dress. And that's all he's got. Yep. And he's like, and his friends point this out and they go, hey man, you don't know her face or her name. What's your plan here? And the prince goes, I have her shoe. Whoever fits the shoe is her. Well, so he announces the she thing after he's already walked past the line of girls and hasn't recognized any of them. So yep. this does stink of like desperation rather than the first good idea. This oh, yeah. is just like, I don't know what else to try. Yeah, this is definitely a last ditch effort. And we, so he starts trying the shoe on people and we get a beautiful uh, linguistic moment for me. He tries to shoe on someone that doesn't fit. He goes, next and doesn't fit and he goes next and doesn't fit and he goes next but the word for next in Czech sounds like not she oh that's so funny I didn't notice that yeah I only noticed it because I heard not she and I was like why would that be in English and then I looked at the subtitles and I was like my brain just gears gears collided for a little bit while I tried to figure out what in God's name was happening so not intentional but I had a great time with that moment (laughs) So the villagers are back to laughing at him and they're saying that that shoe's too small even for a doll. The kitchen boy has quickly thrown a smock on and gotten in line to try on a shoe. And then when the lady in charge of the kitchen kind of pushes him away, he goes, we have another one over here you haven't tried and takes her her leg out from under her to kind of like pull it up. And she's like laughing and swatting at him. I missed that part entirely. How did I miss that? It was incredible. I loved it. And so basically that's it. And the prince is like, don't you have anybody else? And the servant guy goes, well, 
there's Cinderella and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense, Cinderella. So the entire village starts calling her name <laughs> and is just like together starting to look for her. Cinderella is upstairs at a at an upper window sort of watching this and she closes the window sort of surreptitiously. The stepmother and stepsister have arrived at this point, but sneakily and are just making their well, presence. Well, the doors are wide open. Well, yes, but they've come in surreptitiously. No one has noticed them and they are just hanging out in the back in her very stealthy bright white umbrella hat. Basically, the stepmother figures out what's going on and ominous music plays as they sneak into the house through the same door that Cinderella took and they grab a torch and some rope mm-hmm. and the stepsister is like what are we doing and the stepmom's like just follow me just and we just cut the scene like they come up to the door they open it and then we switch scenes and we don't see what happens to Cinderella well she says ah there you are and then yes. then we switch scenes so they definitely find her She's in a room with only one door. They have rope and a torch. And ill intentions. Yeah, so this could go in a bunch of ways because this is not Disney, y'all. So I was a little bit concerned the first time I watched this. Turns out okay. Uh, So then we cut back to the kitchen and they're all looking for her. The kitchen boy is looking inside the fireplace. He's got like his entire head and shoulders wedged inside of it. Yes, I saw that too. I was like, what? in the oven yeah so they search through the kitchen they're calling her name they search through the stables the main servant guy feels her horse which is in the stables and feels sees that it is still damp with sweat and tells someone to take care of it and then the main servant guy notices something and says oh look at that and it is the stepmother leading somebody in a pink veil cloak thing and dress down the stairs sneakily yeah i mean it's clearly not cinderella it's but it's obviously not look, cinderella but it's meant to look like cinderella yes and the her face is uh hidden so yes sure so she's now thankfully taken off her umbrella hat because i couldn't i don't think it's I could have hard handled. to take her seriously it really is guys if you don't do anything just look up a screenshot of this i don't know how maybe we can like include one in the show notes i might find that and try to do that because guys this is the best hat sorry where were we so the girl in the pink cloak it's dora i'm not i'm not going to worry about this dora is placed inside the sled facing away from the prince and the stepmother is basically like why do you want to know who she is why were you searching for her and the prince is like, well, I was I was trying to find her so I could marry her. And she's like, okay, you can marry her. Well, marry her then. Ask her then. And he's like, well, why can't I look at her? Why can't I talk to her? And the stepmother goes, don't you get it? She's shy. And noting that there's something suspicious, the servant guy says to the prin- one of the prince's friends, let her try the pump on. And the prince is like, yes, I, I want her to try on the shoe. And the stepmother takes the shoe out of his hand, gets in the carriage, and they drive away. It it's, was incredible. It's amazing. It's great. And the prince is as floored by this as we were. Just, there's a moment of confusion all around. 
so the prince chases after them on his horse and the stepmother goes he's behind us in the end he'll do as i want and he's chasing them through these snowing fields for a really long time yeah this is our third chase yes and eventually the sled kind of capsizes into something that's either a pond or a melted puddle of ice that is now water it's not deep it's about knee deep but they're surrounded by slushy ice and the stepmother and stepsister are in the water trying to get out while their driver has been propelled into a tree and their very heavy sleigh is upside down in the water with them yeah um and they are you know rightfully very upset about this the prince races over grabs dora's hand hauls her out of the water sees that it is dora not cinderella takes the shoe from her and throws her back into the frozen lake to die of hypothermia quite possibly he says you are not my bride and he walks away he He walks away he just metaphorically washes his hands of this it's no longer his problem nope because their their horses have also run off their servants in a tree at this point the prince is looking very dejected but rosie the owl shows up to fly around him he's never met this owl but he smiles at it as if to thank it and sort of nods at it and then rides back to town the servant meanwhile has extricated himself from whatever bush tree thing he was in and this tries- is not a front servant guy who no. we like this, this is, is just a, ba- a random servant this is the bailiff actually he gets yes. called bailiff so he goes over to try to help pull them out but they all fall in and that's the last we see of them we will never see them again i choose to believe that they got out and that they were very close to the village and had just been going in big circles around it oh no they die and drown in that pond no there no are i corpses think they're fine no there are corpses i think that- they get pneumonia and they're very sick for a while and then they get better and it's fine I mean, if you get pneumonia in the 1400s, you also die. I think they just have um, a bad cold for a while, and then they're fine. I how really you, think they're fine. How are you the happy one? How are you the <laughs> light just, one? Why am I the dark one now? What happened? Anyway, anyway. So, <laughs> so servant guy who we like is still looking for Cinderella. And he's like, she couldn't have disappeared like that. And he comes to her door and breaks just breaks it down and he sees like the pink veil on the bed and he hears through the window the la 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 song and he goes it's cinderella and he and all the other servants look out the window wait we don't see what they're seeing it's just there's nothing there she's not in a room she is in fact in her little stable loft thing again which is not within eyesight of this room She's um, also just wearing like her underclothes, which are like, will you describe them? Yeah, she's just wearing a chemise and a pink skirt. The pink skirt, by the way, is too full to have fit under the fancy dress that she was wearing. And the chemise has long sleeves, which would have shown under the diaphanous sleeves that she was wearing also. So that's she's what I've wearing, always been curious about. She's just wearing different clothes. She's wearing under, she's clearly wearing things that you would wear under a fancy dress but very clearly things that she was not wearing under the fancy dress that she was wearing yes 
I thought so, that was so strange. It's very strange. Uh, the more you think about it, the stranger it gets. Unless and so, they made her switch clothes with Ro- with Dora. With Dora? Maybe. I mean, they did have time. Yeah. Maybe she's wearing Dora's No, those wouldn't have fit under... Dora had diaphanous sleeves as well. I give up. We give up. She's wearing special underclothes. I don't know. And she takes her last hazelnut and drops it again, sort of closes her eyes and drops it again. And it makes the cutest little ding sound uh, every time these things fall. It's great. And it makes another dress. She sort of gets on her knees to sort of cuddle the dress. And it's like, it's a wedding dress. Sure. And then we cut to the owl and we just have a long shot of the owl's face. Yeah, the owl just blinks at her. So the prince rides back to the village. It's morning now, which means if this dude woke up at a reasonable hour, he's been up for a solid 24 hours, at least four hours of which was a party. And he's been on a horse chase. So this guy's had a rough day. Like this is a rough 24 hours. Yeah. And his friends come up to him and go, well, and he just nods sadly at them as though he didn't just murder two people three three well he didn't know about the servant he'd left at that point so the friends go okay maybe we should go back and he'll be worried at the palace yeah and he looks sadly at the shoe in his hand and then our kitchen boyfriend hears a neigh and looks up in shock and it is cinderella in her wedding dress riding her horse across the village courtyard the wedding dress is very pretty it's Mm -hmm. got sort of a scoop cut neckline it's silvery it's got puffy sleeves that are puffed in multiple places it looks it looks kind of like princess buttercup's wedding dress from the end of the princess bride Mm. but with puffier sleeves it's also very like jeweled very jeweled very embroidered yeah, it's got heavy embroideries, but it, it it has that sort of feel to it. And it's got a long sort of flowy veil train part. She's also wearing this blue beaded necklace with this just massive enamel blue flower in the middle of it. Like, like you would get from Claire's. Just I didn't notice that at all. That's so funny. Oh, we have the most interesting things we focus on. So... <laughs> So the prince is delighted and he goes, oh, it's her. And he runs over to her and she goes, did you bring my shoe? (laughs) (laughs) And he gives her the shoe and she takes the ring from her hand that was the the huntsman's ring and gives it to him and goes, did you get my riddle? And then she walks him through each riddle as he laboriously reaches the conclusion that all three of those people, the little girl with the sooty face in the forest who made fun of him and the huntsman who outshot him and the beautiful girl at the ball, all her. And he takes his time getting to this conclusion. And now he knows her name because while they were all calling for Cinderella, he kind of shrugged and joined in and started calling for Cinderella. Actually, in that moment, he doesn't even say it. Never mind. No. At that moment, she says, they were all me. And he, the line is weird, but basically what he says is, you know, will you be mine too if you want me? 
basically oh. he no so the village starts yelling our cinderella our cinderella oh okay that's what happens because i was like what in answer to the riddle like who is it and they're all it? like it's our cinderella oh right okay and that's that why the prince then. is like and mine too if you want me and Which she is, like nods <laughs> she nods and he picks her up and spins her around and the servants all throw their hats in the air and we get the little bird song again and we get a really romantic ending cinderella and the prince are riding through the snowy fields on their horses holding hands it's beautifully shot they're white her horse is white his horse is this beautiful dapple gray her dress has this beautiful flowy train thing that's just sort of blowing it's just very pretty and in the middle of this romantic moment (laughs) i can't you do it in the middle of this romantic moment the tutor pops up and from a distance he yells your highness history lesson is about to begin and the prince turns this horse around kind of laughs and then goes back to follow cinderella who's a little bit ahead of him now and then they ride off into not the sunset but just the distance they yeah they ride off over the hill it looks like she throws one more snowball at him in this moment because something white and snowy flies in his direction although it doesn't look like she throws it so I don't know what that was but I like to believe that she threw one last snowball at him I'm sure in their marriage she will continue to throw many a snowball at him so they ride off over the hilltop and then we just look at the empty landscape with a big cloud behind it for a while for like a solid 45 seconds while the song finishes while the song finishes and then we get the end and the credits start to roll so so there we are the end that's the end that's the end that was great i loved it highs and lows talon okay my high and my low are in very close proximity to each other because my high is the huntsman scene i love when she turns up in that outfit i love that she's like an incredible sharpshooter i love that the prince puts the ring on her finger like that entire scene is my favorite scene. I think they're flirting. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. I hate the fox scene that precedes it. I yeah. wish we didn't linger on the fox dying. Oh yeah. Cause it's not just that they shoot the fox. They, they shoot the show fox, us after. And they show us the fox alive, chewing at the arrow. And then they show us like displaying the fox, but it's already immediately in rigor mortis. It's like a very stiff fox. So it's horrible yeah it's I don't worst. like it I yeah. I hate it I yeah. it's my low that is also my low uh n- normally I don't like to pick the same low but um this movie is delightful except for that one scene you could just cut those especially because when he goes to hunt the deer she hits the snowball at him and yeah, he doesn't and kill the deer. that happens we don't have to watch a deer being hunted yeah and so you're like oh they're chasing a fox I bet she nope Mm-mm. nope dead fox so um yeah low low is definitely the fox scene high i love so many things about this movie just it was such a delight this is going to be a weirdly specific high and it's just because everything is at a very high level but this just brought me so much joy for so long my high is the umbrella hat <laughs> just I I love how sassy Cinderella is. I love how beautifully everything is shot. I love the use of film. I love that she is, you know, I I love that she aggressively sweeps ashes at them. 
I love that she has like kitchen boyfriends and how she talks to her animals. But that umbrella hat, man, that's going to bring me joy for so long. It's such a memorable hat. So what would you change about this movie? Yeah, it's the fox scene. I would use like a discretion cutaway shot and they never have to show it to us again. Like they can show him. They can just show the dogs. Yeah. And then they can just be like, congratulations, Prince. You got the fox. Let's move on. They they don't even have to show the fox. They could just show the dogs baying and chasing something. Yes. And they'd be like, congratulations, Prince. Good shot. And I'm like, great. That's fine. That's, that's fine. What about you? Well, obviously that, but also I would change the scene where the prince and his friends, the three of them catch her. I don't know how I would change that scene, but I would make it different. I would have them not corner her in such an aggressive way or have her be, again, somewhere slightly above them or out of their physical reach because it just has a very mm, predatory feel to it and I don't like it mm-hmm. or because, to show her laughing as she runs through the woods oh yeah or have her or throw more snowballs at them as she runs like, yeah or something because it just it feels weirdly predatory partially because they've never seen her they just randomly see this girl and decide to just stalk her like prey and also she's very young she's like 16 and they're clearly not 16 uh it's not a big enough of an age difference to be like icky or weird on screen the way that one selena gomez cinderella Mm -hmm. was but like yeah they look like they might be 19 she looks like she might be about 16 yeah 16 19 16 20 whatever it's fine but like mm, it's old enough to make a difference when you've got three older guys just converge i just i it was yeah i I didn't like it yeah so do you think our listeners should watch this? Yeah, I think everyone should watch this. Yeah, I don't absolutely. think I'm I don't think I'm too biased when I say that this is like a very, very good Cinderella and like you should watch it. Yeah, no, agreed. This is a very good Cinderella, probably for different reasons than Talon thinks this is a very good Cinderella. Oh um, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly, but agreed. I, I do not have any nostalgic ties to this, you know, from my childhood. But this is a delight. It's a fun movie. It's a fairly fast watch. It's just a really interesting spin on a familiar story. It's easy to find on YouTube. It's free with subs. It's got it's creative and it's got some really great characterizations. If you like your Cinderella with a lot of agency, this is a good movie for you. Yeah, if you Yes. Also, if you're really into animals, if you love the horse girl Cinderella, you will enjoy this one. Oh, or if you like cross-dressing in your movies, mm-hmm. this is a Cinderella with cross-dressing. Yeah, this is a great movie. Will you be watching this again, Talon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, also absolutely. <laughs> like, this is a delightful movie. It's so much fun. So when I was reading up on it, it said that in a bunch of European countries, it's actually really popular as a holiday movie. So I think I might be adopting this as my like holiday, winter holiday traditions because it is like very wintry. It is. So I might be watching it in a few short months. I love it. I already have like two movies that are my my winter holiday movies, but I'm perfectly open to adding a third. So final grade. Oh, 
it's it's an a plus i even with the fox scene for me it's an a plus i love this movie yeah when we first went through this one i think i gave it an a like when we just watched Mm -hmm. it unofficially to begin with and i think i'm still giving it an a there are enough things wrong with it technically that i could give it an a minus but i don't feel the need to be parsimonious with my praise they did a lot of really great things i really liked the king and queen interactions i loved the tutor the tutor is so funny and for no reason i loved the prince and his terrible friends and their hilariously homoerotic snowball fights there is a lot of snow cuddling yeah lots of snow cuddling then we don't get a kiss though which is weird oh yeah we don't get a kiss this is i like that they hold hands though I do. It's a very nice romantic, you know, right off into the it's not a sunset sunset, but um, we're, right we're off into the cloud, right off into the giant hostile cloud. Yeah. A, this is a lovely movie. Well done. <laughs> well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us on the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a much lesser known version of Cinderella called The Rough-Faced Girl. Um, I'm really excited about this. It's made in 2008. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be terrible. At this point, I don't remember if it's animated or not because uh, I made this list a while ago now. But uh, I hope this isn't one of the terrible ones that I found. Me too. Me too. Uh, Anyways, it's only 24 minutes. So if it's that bad, at least it will be short. Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after.